What up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, I'm Justin Michael. It's been an insane 24 hours on the recruiting trail for CSU football. The Rams have picked up five different verbals in the last day, and they're expected to land a couple more throughout the week. So really, really heating up for Jay Norvell, Chad Savage, and company on this recruiting trail. CSU able to pick up a couple of really intriguing playmakers on offense, as well as some versatile athletes that can come in and, and compete at edge slash defensive end. Obviously, you know, verbal commitments don't technically mean anything, you know, up until National Signing Day, as we all know, anything can happen, especially in the NIL world. But it's encouraging to see nonetheless. I mean, technically, verbals mean the exact same now as what they meant, you know, a couple of years ago. As we all know, you know, anybody can get can get poached, but that's just part of the process. We'll have to see how it goes. Uh, I'm encouraged by the fact that the staff is recruiting in logical regions, and I'm also intrigued by the type of players that CSU is recruiting. So this is going to be a two-part podcast where I kind of talk about that, and then I go over the individuals as well. Later this week, I'm going to have a couple of different guys from this 2023 class on the podcast, so watch out for that. Real quick, though, I want to talk about UFC 276, the calf slicer, the Peruvian necktie. There are tons of ways to come out on top in the octagon. And for UFC 276, there's one more, and that is when you use DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. New customers bet $5 on any fighter to win, get $100 in free bets, win or lose. Whether it's Adesanya with a knockout kick or a powerful punch from Cannoneer, you win no matter what. And with DraftKings Same Game Parlay, you can turn another small bet into a big payday. Combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, number of knockouts, and more. For UFC 276, you can place the same game parlay, and if it hits, you're going to win double. You heard me right. If your SGP hits, you win double. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any UFC 276 fighter to win. Get $100 in free bets no matter what. That promo code DNVR this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. On this first part, we are going to talk about the defensive commits, Richie Anderson and Kenyon Aggers. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to real quick just kind of talk about the benefits of recruiting versatile athletes. If you listen to the podcast regularly, if you subscribe to DNVR, one of the things that I've been mentioning repeatedly is just that this staff, particularly on the defensive side, but really all over, they're recruiting multi-sport athletes. Personally, I feel like this is the best route as far as development goes. And, you know, there's there's a lot of science behind it as far as just d- developing better overall skill and athletic ability. Because when you participate in multiple sports, you get a, you know, like a greater variety of movements. And I mean, you see it on the basketball court, you know, guys that played soccer, move better laterally. Defensive linemen with wrestling backgrounds tend to have better hand movement and and just general combat abilities in the trenches. But there's also, you know, studies that show there's a decreased risk of injury. You know, growing up, research has shown that athletes who play multiple sports are less likely to develop overuse injuries, which, I mean, makes sense if you 
or doing the same muscle movements repeatedly, you're going to wear it out. So it's just better to incorporate, you know, a variety of movement patterns and all kinds of stuff that I'm not, you know, qualified or educated enough to speak on. But I do understand the basics just from, you know, following sports and, and how this all goes. I, I do think there's also probably some benefits when it comes to burnout and guys not getting sick of sports. Now, this is not to say that, you know, specifying is always wrong. I do think, you know, especially for quarterbacks and stuff, there's probably a benefit in just really honing in on your craft. But everything is situational. Everything is situational. As far as CSU athletes go, though, I think it's really beneficial for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, when you look at the the history of who has been successful at CSU, a lot of these guys were multi-sport stars in high school. Trey McBride, you know, he w- played basketball, has his uh, Fort Morgan High School sc- school record for home runs, you know, in baseball, and obviously was a, a football star as well. Toby wrestled. He also played football. David Roddy was a three-sport athlete. You know, discus and track also was a quarterback. I don't know if you knew that. Richard Higgins also played hoops. I mean, the list goes on and on. We don't need to name every single successful CSU athlete that also played multiple sports in high school, but a lot of the most dynamic ones certainly have. So I, I, I like the approach. Beyond that, I also think it's just logical from a recruiting standpoint, particularly defensively. I mean, you hear a lot about how, you know, college coaches kind of complain that elite, you know, high school defensive line prospects, corner prospects, a lot of them end up at power five schools. And and that's true. I mean, you know, especially like defensive tackle and stuff. If you just have like a, a freak frame, you're probably going to get stockpiled somewhere on a SEC roster or wherever. Are you going to have a six two, three hundred and thirty pound defensive tackle in the Mountain West? Probably not, you know, probably not. But that's not to say that you can't build you know, a physical athletic defense. And it's not to say that you can't land talented prospects. I just think a big part of it is being able to identify the raw traits. And when Freddie Banks, defensive coordinator, was introduced back in January, I actually asked him about this. Just, you know, I I used to intern for the football team. I've talked, you know, with a lot of the coaches over the years and a common gripe was it's hard to recruit talented defensive players to the Mountain West. I asked Banks about that and he basically said, you know, I, I, I don't know, who said that I'm not trying to challenge anyone or or say they're wrong or or anything like that. But in his opinion, there are enough defensive players out there. There's enough talent out there to go around a big key though. You know, when you are at a a group of five school or, you know, banks coming over from Montana state in the FCS is being able to, to be creative. You know, he talked about how a lot of high school coaches don't necessarily put their best athletes you know, at cornerback. If you're a high school coach just trying to win a bunch of games, you're putting the ball in the hands of your best athletes because you got to score points. Now, some of them might be two-way guys, but, you know, the, the vast majority of them end up being, you know, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. You just, you want the ball in their hands depending on what type of offensive system you run and and all that. But a lot of the guys that go on to play professionally at corner and stuff, you know, they weren't cornerbacks their whole life. Champ Bailey was a wide receiver before they moved him over to corner. And then he played a little bit of both for a while at Georgia. And then obviously went on to become, in my opinion, the best cornerback in, in NFL history. But, you know, getting back on, on topic here, you know, Banks said they got to go and evaluate talent. They can bring them in and develop them. Guys might not necessarily walk in the door, you know, ready to go. 
but they're going to leave prepared. And that's a big key is just developing and, and keeping it simple. I mean, if you're obviously teaching a guy a, a new position or you're transitioning him to corner or defensive end or whatever it may be, you know, you don't want to put too much on the plate early. You know, if, if a guy does a, a couple of things really well and that's it, that's fine. You know, you know, bring him in. Maybe he's a third down pass rusher. Maybe he's a first and, and second down run stopper type guy. If they're in the secondary, you know, you got to figure out, are they on the outside? Are they a slot corner? Are they a free safety? You know, all that type of stuff. It all starts with identifying raw traits, though, developing that talent, you know, coaching them up and then putting those guys in a, in a position to succeed and not asking too much of them. If you can do that as a defensive coordinator, you're probably going to have a pretty good defense, especially if you have, you know, the right athletes in place. And, you know, that's the other thing that's been really encouraging about this recruiting class is you're just seeing this staff go after a different caliber of athlete. And I'm not saying that to be, uh, I don't know, dismissive or offensive or like to take shots or whatever, you know, at any of the guys that Adazio was recruiting, but they just, they weren't going after guys with major power five interest. You know, they weren't going after, you know, outside of like Coyote Day and Langston Williams, you know, like track stars. And honestly, I, I feel like that's been a, a problem for CSU on the defensive side for, for quite some time. They just, they've been, you know, slower and, and less physical. I mean, there've been some linebackers that could really bang, but when you top to bottom, they just, they've not been athletic enough on the defensive side of things for, for quite some time. So I'm intrigued. You know, when you, when you go this route, you understand that the players that you're bringing in don't necessarily have the positional experience to come in and be like a lockdown starter right away. But if you have the right position coaches, you can, you can teach all that. You can't teach four, four speed. You can't teach sheer explosiveness. <laughs> Guys can definitely get bigger. They can definitely get stronger. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I mean, there are certain things that some guys just aren't going to ever be able to do. Very few humans on, on earth can run a four, four. And that includes, you know, professional athletes, some of the, the more dynamic athletes that there are. I mean, four, four speed is just insane. Being able to jump, you know, 30 plus inches. Like most people can't do that kind of things. I like the thought of just going out and, and finding some really talented athletes with versatile backgrounds and believing in your staff and, and the, the ability to, to coach them up. And honestly, when you look at the track record, although it's a, a fairly small sample size of, you know, Freddie Banks and Adam Pillipal at, at Montana State and uh, Buddha Williams, you know, at, at North Dakota State, they've had success with this approach. I mean, the best example is obviously Troy Anderson, who, you know, was a star quarterback slash running back and then moved over to linebacker, then moved back to offense, then got moved back to, to linebacker and ultimately was a second round pick by the Atlanta Falcons. But he was just a better athlete than anybody else on the field. And eventually he found his role, you know, as an inside linebacker. Maybe CSU can do the same. We shall see. We shall see. On the, uh, the second part of this podcast, I'm also going to talk about the recruiting regions and why that has been a big big improvement from this staff as well. And just establishing pipelines in places that make sense. I mean, I remember a couple of years back, right after Adazio got hired, I had Mike Newell on the show. And if you're unfamiliar with who he is, he is in the CSU Athletics Hall of Fame, one of the greatest CSU offensive linemen of all time. Uh, Longmont native was a four-time academic all-wax selection, a multi-time all-wax selection on the field. I mean, an offensive line that was 
you know, led by him and Anthony Cesario. They were just nasty. After he graduated, he played in the NFL for five years. So he knows what he's talking about. But I, I asked Newell basically, you know, what are your thoughts on what this staff is doing from a recruiting standpoint and if he liked it. And what he did like was the fact that Adazio and, and co, you know, were prioritizing Colorado commits much more than Mike Bobo did. And that's definitely true. I would argue that, you know, over the couple of years, we were able to see that for the most part, a lot of the Colorado guys that they were recruiting were kind of low level FCS players. Again, not all of them. I'm really intrigued by Coyote. Day. I think Langston Williams is going to be a steal at corner. I think Tanner Arkin is going to be a stud at tight end, but you know, some of the guys that they were bringing in, they just probably weren't going to pan out. Anyways, the, the thing that Newell was most concerned with though, was the fact that it was clear that Adazio did not care that he had moved from Boston college to CSU was on a completely different end of the country he was going to rely on those established recruiting trails that he had from his time at Boston college and temple and probably even going all the way back to Florida to an extent. I get it. I mean, Bobo did the same thing obviously with Georgia and Louisiana and just States that traditionally have not been, you know, hot recruiting beds for CSU. Occasionally it works out, but I would say more times than not, you're just taking a big gamble on, you know, somebody coming to, to CSU and kind of feeling culturally out of place, being homesick. You know, maybe they don't even want to be at CSU. Is there just their only offer? I mean, I can't really imagine that CSU is a, a popular destination amongst Northeast, you know, high school football prospects, you know. Anyways. Uh, I'll talk about that more on the second part of this podcast. Let's get into the defensive commits because I know you guys want to hear about the players. Real quick, though, got to shout out Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer at DNVR. They've got beers on tap and regular seltzers at the bar once we reopen after the remodel. It is going to be flowing. If you check out the Breck Beer Locator, you can find the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever near you that offers any of Breck's fine selection. This summer, they released some summer shandies. Really, really yummy. I mean, just perfect for chilling in the backyard if it's hot. Same with the seltzers, obviously. Summer salty season. They've got a hard soda line. And if you're just into the more classic stuff, you know, obviously, can't go wrong with an avalanche amber ale. The vanilla porter is really good. Juice drop IPA is a classic. Strawberry sky, another good summer one. Check out the Breck Beer Locator again to find the closest location near you. Try any of Breck's fine products and you will not be disappointed. As fans, you're home for Denver sports coverage partnered with the world leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. DNVR has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Throw it back to 96 with the newly released Joe Sackick Stanley Cup celebration bobble or find your fandom with FOCO's other officially licensed Avalanche gear. They have dropped a whole bunch of new Avs Champs merch. It is so sick. Go check it out. They also have Rocky, City Connect, Bobbleheads, and more. Head on over to FOCO.com. Use the promo code DNVR for 10% off your order. That's FOCO.com for 10% off your order. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about the defensive commits that CSU was able to land. Richie Anderson and Kenyon Aggers both expected to play, you know, that defensive end slash edge position. Anderson, 6'4", 230 pounds out of Tulaton, Oregon. Aggers, 6'5", 235 out of Englewood, California. We will start with Anderson because he was the first to commit on Monday about 7.30 p.m. He posted on Twitter, 
I'm extremely excited and proud to say that I've committed to Colorado State University, go Rams, Tags TSU, Coach Buda Williams, Jay, Pillapal, everybody else on staff. Like I said, six foot four, 230 pounds. You like the size, especially as a junior. I mean, both of these guys. You also like his versatility. In addition to being the star defensive end, he is the star tight end for his team and the long stopper, so he's always on the field. CSU initially offered Anderson back in February. He visited campus during spring ball at the end of April, ultimately took his official visit this past weekend, and was sold enough to pledge his future to CSU. According to 247, Anderson holds an offer from Montana State and Portland State. His Twitter page also shows unofficial visits to Oregon State and ASU, though. Uh, Disappointingly, no stats for him that are up to date on max preps. That's so frustrating if you are a part of a football program. If your kid's even on the football team, if your kid plays high school sports, make sure that they are updating the Max Preps pages if you want anybody to ever be able to write anything accurate about them ever. So annoying. So annoying. Uh, He does have huddle film, though. And while he's definitely still raw when it comes to his technique, one of the things that I like about him, dude just has a relentless motor. I mean, he's dog out there couple different instances, you know, he's able to run a ball carrier down 20 plus yards from the line of scrimmage as a, as a defensive end. You love to see that. I like the angles that he takes when he's pursuing the quarterback running back in the backfield as well. Demonstrates just a strong sense of, you know, how to use the space to his advantage. And you can kind of see on a couple of different instances, quarterbacks get overwhelmed when he's bull rushing them as he gets coached up, you know, and he, he refines his techniques I think he could be really good. I mean, heart and hustle are characteristics that you can't teach. He has that. He has the athleticism. Now you just got to refine the, the technique a little bit, and the dude's going to be a stud. You know, you're not super blown away by his other offers, but, you know, part of the thing is with him being a two-way guy, he hasn't really had a chance to, you know, really break out as a defensive end yet. And like like Banks said, you know, back in January... If you're a high school coach, you want to put the ball in some of your best guys' hands. They're doing that at tight end. Once he focuses purely on on defensive end, I think he has, I think he's got solid potential. Yeah, the second commitment is a really unique situation. Kenyon Aggers, six foot five, two hundred and thirty five pounds, uh, expected to play defensive end out of Inglewood High School. Fourth Inglewood commit. CSU signed three guys out of Inglewood in their last class. So if he actually signs, that'll be four Inglewood signees in their first two recruiting classes, and they've brought in a couple of other guys from Los Angeles as well. Love those recruiting ties. What's unique about Aggers specifically, though, and and this was reported by 247 Sports. I recommend that you go check it out. I linked to it in my article on his commitment. He's never played a single down of high school football. He's played basketball. He's a track star for Inglewood. He's never played football, though. You know, going into his freshman year, it was the pandemic. Season got uh, delayed or canceled, so he just didn't end up doing it, now has decided that he wants to, to, to play a sport that he played growing up. This past spring, he participated in a showcase and got offered on the spot by CSU, UNLV, and Idaho. You know, he'll play his senior season, and I'll be interested to see how that pans out. You know, I, I don't have stats that I can reference, obviously, or huddle film. I wasn't at the showcase. But to, to get offered the way he was after just a couple of drills, it, it shows he's clearly an explosive athlete. And, you know, I, I believe in this approach. Like I said, being able to develop and, and coach guys up. 
I hope I can get him on the podcast because I definitely would love to to pick his brain a little bit. But this is just a, a fun story, you know. And again, going back to what Banks said last January, if you dig hard enough, you can find some dudes that can run and are physical. We want athletes. That's what they're going after. And when you look at these defensive commits that they're picking up, really, really intriguing from an athleticism standpoint. All right, going to talk about the offensive guys on the second part of this podcast, as well as uh, some of the recruiting region stuff that I already got into a little bit. Thank you all for continuing to support my content. Always a great time to become a DNVR member. Get a free shirt with an annual subscription. Just throwing that out there. All right, see y'all on part two. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I wanna be I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head So now she's rocking my teeth, tucked into new Prada jeans And we ain't spoke in a month, but I just saw her last week The lipstick stain still on my cheek like we ain't talk enough And we always seem to laugh, but never nod at us So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions And this is more about me and all of my self-deception I'll tell myself a lie, 100 times don't need corrections But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson And the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this should sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums And my mama slapped that bass, and my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand, we were tripping to left feet Like a middle school slow dance, no one knew how to lead But I'm still thankful for these days, they put a smile on my face Flirt with me when you're bored, that's what I'm here for Talk to me softly, till I get a little more Attached to the fact that you reply so quickly Dash and retract only when you get sick of me Sit back reminiscing back to when I got them digits I swear I need a witness of somebody quick with pinches I was out there floating, all them feelings felt indigenous To places I don't visit, heart eyes when I'm grinning Heart eyes and them emojis, you said you won't be on me I said you won't be lonely, you can't count on me like a bank teller counter ain't never felt prouder never holding back don't got a front when i'm around her i want to listen more like maybe i should say less i'm not sure how to make an album this is just my best guess my best friends are producers send me beats i bump the playlist imagine all the hours ableton was stuck on repeat all for me to rap about some girls who didn't like me sp 404s and stupid bars all wrote on loose leaf i wait a lot on promises that sound like maybes my contact's still just numbers but in person call me baby like why i fall in love with every Every girl that wanna date me Introspective but scatterbrained on the daily I'll make a tape with the homies and rap the same thing I know it's just rhymes but it sounds like everything And the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this shit sound like summer days The windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies My daddy played the drums And my mama slapped that bass And my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand We were tripping to left feet Like a middle school slow dance No one knew how to leave But I'm still thankful for these days They put a smile on my face